2020. When I say that, a lot of fear comes on people's minds. Or some people would say, as many memes have said, when is season two going to start? Because we are tired of what's going on in season one. But guess what? God is still on the throne. And we can trust in him. Again, who would have thought that basically the whole world would be going on lockdown? Who would have thought we would be having virtual weddings because only a few people are allowed to attend? Who would have thought we'd been having virtual graduations or even drive-through graduations? Who would have predicted at the beginning of 2020 that we would be here at church today wearing masks and not fellowship, fellowshipping like we are accustomed to doing? And the answer would be no one. Here that is. But God already knew all this was going to happen. As I think of the year so far, that, that is all that I can hold on to. And I'm sure that many sitting here this morning would say the same thing. Even as you're sitting here or watching online, you would say, the only thing that I can hold on to right now is that I have a God that I can trust. Because the world is chaotic. Everyone has the answer. So they think. But we know the answer. As much as those unpredictable things mentioned earlier, we now face the new realities of life. As we watch TV or read the newspapers, we continue to see more and more bad news. Things such as people losing their jobs, the uncertainty of the economy, the uncertainty of the tourism sector, the uncertainty of the new school year, the uncertainty of life going forward. These are all the things that all we see every single day when you turn on the news or read the newspapers. You see, we can dwell on these things and we can begin to make ourselves feel sick and worry about these things. But let us not forget that we serve a God that is still on the throne and he is still in control and that is all we need. I wonder again how many have said many times during this time, what do people do if they don't have the hope in Jesus Christ? Because I can tell you I've said it many times because that's the only thing that I can hold on to. Many have said that these are the signs that the world is coming to an end. And maybe it is. But I want to tell you from the Bible times, people were saying that. You look through history, you see it all through, all the wars and all the different things of uncertainty. People always said, well, this has to be the last days. And that's true, it is the last days. But the question for us as the church is, what are we doing if this is the last days? Where are we putting our hope? Are we so caught up in our circumstances? Are we so caught up in what's going on around the world that we lose sight of the God that is on the throne? You see, when we go through rough times like this, many people turn to the book of Psalms because it brings comfort and the words bring hope for times of trouble. And this morning we want to look at a familiar Psalm, Psalm 46. Because I think that right now as we go through these times, we need to be reminded that God is our fortress. He is there. He is with us. Many scholars believe that the psalm was written when King Hezekiah of Judah was surrounded by the army of Sennacherib, king of Assyria. Forty-six towns and villages in Judah were under attack. Over 200,000 residents had been taken captive. At least 185,000 troops surrounded Jerusalem, and it looked like only a matter of time before the city was going to be taken over. But as Sennacherib did not remember about the great God that we serve as Hezekiah 
the God of the living God that he served. Hezekiah prayed, and God spoke in one night, the angel of the Lord defeated Sennacherib by killing 185,000 of his soldiers. And we see that in 2 Kings 18 and 19. Again, like I said, many people believe this is where I mean, the psalm was written. But we also think of the modern day times, the great life of the great reformer Martin Luther. Many would know that he spent a lot of time studying the books of Romans and Galatians, even though these were probably the two books that he referenced the most. Let us not forget that Psalm 46 became an instrumental psalm in the life of the church. And as Luther would join them and sing the psalms, this is where we get, as we will sing later, the mighty fortress is our God. May the psalm encourage us this morning as we look into it, whether you're going through a time of uncertainty, whether you're going through a time of job loss, or wondering what's going to happen to me in school, what's going to happen to me in college, as we see so many things. So if you have your Bible, let's turn to Psalm 46. And it says this, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear through the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams made glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord, of God, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. As we know, the psalm is broken down into three stanzas. But this morning, we'll look at four ways that the anchor holds in these times of trouble. Starting with the first one, God is our protection. Verses 1 3 says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear through the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, Though the mountains tremble and it's swelling, Selah. You see, the fact that God is our refuge in strength does not mean that us as believers are immune to troubles. Many will teach you this. Many will say, because you're a Christian, no trouble should come into your life. And I'm here to tell you that is heresy. That is wrong. That is not what the Word of God said. If you read God's Word, you see it straight through that we will be persecuted. We will go through times of trouble. Even as we see in this particular passage, why is it written that he knows you will face troubles? The question for us as believers is this, what do we do in the times of trouble? You see, the psalm is clear that trouble is coming and it is here because we live in a fallen world. A refuge is a shelter that we can run to, that we are secure. And we in the Bahamas, we know about shelters. We know as we are now in the hurricane season, we have the list of shelters that we can go to if something happens. And let's be honest, we're not 100% sure those shelters are going to hold up. But we have a shelter and a refuge in God that we know will hold up against any storm. 
that we need to make sure that we run to, that we know that he is there with us and that we know that we have this power. We know that we, he is for us. He is not against us. And we can live and we can flee to the shelter. I remember being in school and a teacher would always be taking attendance. And everyone would say, here, here. But if you want to sound sophisticated or just be different, you would say, present. To say that I'm present, I'm here. God is here. He is present with us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. He's always with us. We don't have to worry about ever hearing the word absent or not here. He is with us. What a promise that we need. We have to remember that 2020 did not catch God by surprise. And God knows what you are going through. And we must know that we don't have to go through it alone. He is with us. And we can run to the refuge and find the strength that only he can supply. You see, as believers, we can't face this on our own. You know, COVID-19, is, is, you know, and then we hear about the hornets and we hear all these different things happening in 2020. We don't have to go through this alone. We have a God that we can run to. We have a God that we can find shelter in. We have a God that we can trust and know that his plans are greater than our plans. Because again, no one at the beginning of 2020 would have ever thought that we would be going through what we're going through right now. Verse 2 basically can be summed up. Do not fear as the whole world around you is crumbling because I am with you. A picture is painted here as we think of a mountain. And we look at things as that these are indestructible. But the psalmist is saying that even when these have shifted, even in a picture of an earthquake, when the whole world is shaken, when everything around you is shaken, God is still our refuge and strength. So you need not to be afraid as the world around us changes and crumbles. Our God remains the same. So when everything around us is chaotic, and when we have all the questions, he is the same. He was the same last year, this year, and forevermore. The same God. But I think sometimes we forget. In the midst of chaos, God is still the same, and he is there with us. There's a song that many people have played during this time, and, and they, they like it, and it's called Waymaker, and it has a tag, and it says this, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop working. You never stop working. I think we need this reminder because I think sometimes we get caught up in thinking that God is just a feeling. He is not a feeling. He, the Holy Spirit, lives in us, and he is with us. And he, when you think around the world and we see all the chaos, he is still working. He's still working. You see, when we feel like everything is uncertain, when the mountains might as well crash in the sea, the first thing we do is remember that our protection is not in better circumstances or avoiding the problems or in anything on the earth. Instead, our protection is in the very present Holy Spirit and the work of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross on our behalf, which has guaranteed our help and promised that we will make it safely home. You see, whatever we're going through, he is with us. I challenge you before I move on to the next point to remember that even though the world seems chaotic, and even though people say the world is coming to an end, remember you have a God that is your protection. You have a God that is your refuge and strength. And you have a God that is ever present in the good times and the bad times. 
Kids, I want you to imagine for a second as we, as a little boy playing the game of tag, and you would have a place where you would call home, that you would not be allowed to be touched. You know, you were safe in this place. Our God is better than any tag home because he is ever present. He is always there. Whether we leave that as we think as whatever you're going through as a kid, because I think sometimes as adults, we forget that our kids' lives have been shaken as their whole school has been shaken. We don't know what's gonna happen. And we need to remember to point them to the refuge and strength. We need to tell them about, this is how I'm facing with it. This is how I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing because I have a God that I can find refuge and strength in. Because it's very hard. And we, as parents, need to set the tone for that in our homes. The second one is God is our pleasure. There is a river whose stream made glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The scene suddenly shifts from raging seas and fallen mountains to a life-giving river with sweet streams that make the city of God rejoice. Notice, she will not be moved. That she must be the city of God, which means the people in the city rejoice in the safety within the city walls. You see, we need to understand that today we have this hope. We have the Holy Spirit lives and we have the hope that God is in control. And that we can find strength and because we can have joy as we go through life. You see, the problem is that we allow ourselves to just fall into the trap of the world. And we allow ourselves to fall in the trap of the chaos that's going on around us. We're not showing the world the peace that we have in Jesus Christ. Because he is ever present, never failing, help in trouble, our safety and our gladness are secure. When everything else feels like it's impossible to enjoy, when Satan threatens to undo us and rob us of all joy, we can raise our eyes and realize that we are in the arms of God. He is with us, and one day we will be with him face to face in the new heavens and new earth, and nothing can steal that joy. That is the hope that we have right now as believers, that to know that one day this is all going to be over. We're just passing through. We're passing through this place. This is not our home. More than that, we know that we will wake up the next morning and God will still be with us and help us again. There will be new mercies every morning, Mercies that will be enough for that day and mercies that will not run out a moment too soon. Again, as I said, this is not our home. And we need to run to the everlasting arms of God because he wants us to run to him. You see, sometimes God takes us through troubled times because sometimes I think we need the reminder that he is with us and he's always there. Because I think sometimes we get comfortable as believers when things are going as normal, things are going the way we want it to go, that we forget that God is still in control of all of that. But sometimes we only turn to God in prayer when we're going through the rough times. But he is saying, look, I bring peace. Even now in the midst of chaos in the world, we can have peace like a river. Peace that the world can't understand because we are seeking after God and not focus on our circumstances. This is a time when our witness and our actions speak louder than our words because people can see the peace that we have because we are safe with a God who doesn't move. The truth of the matter is we need that peace at this time. 
And the world needs that peace. I'm sure if, if we're all honest with ourselves, we are even during this time thinking today, what is the prime minister going to say? As the numbers are going up, you know, and, and, and a lot of us would say we just can't afford another lockdown. But the reality is that we have a God that's in control and that we can turn to and we can trust. Even when whatever the government officials put on us, God is still in control. Which brings us to the third point. God is our power. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has taught desolations on the earth. How brought, sorry, desolation on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. You see, God's power is unbelievable as chaos around us. Or if you take in the context, as many scholars believe, as we talk about the war and we talk about how, you know, the nation is being surrounded by all of these people. They're being scared they can be taken over. In verse 7, we are reminded that the Lord is with us. No matter what you are going through, God is going to take care of it as it pleases. William McDonald says this, The Lord of hosts is with us. That is the Lord of the, the armies of heaven. But he is also the God of Jacob. Now Jacob means cheat or supplanter. Yet God speaks of himself as the God of Jacob. Put the, the two thoughts together and you learn that the God of the host is also the God of the unworthy sinner. The one who is infinitely high is ultimately nigh. He's also with you in every step of our way, our unfailing refuge in all the storms of life. What an amazing thought to think about. That God would want to use me as a sinner and would want anything to do with me. That's the God that I serve. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we worship. That he would want anything to do with us because he could have done everything on his own. You see, everything the psalmist has said so far would be, you know, it wouldn't matter if God weren't strong enough to bring, up, bring it about. Now we see his strength. The entire world rages. Everything conspires against you. The whole power of the cursed world is in your direction. What does God do? First of all, he utters his voice. The earth melts before him. The God of hosts, the God who fights on our behalf, is with us as our fortress. And all he has to do is speak to win a battle. Think about it. Think about being in that ship with the disciples as the storm is raging, as the storm is going all around you. And if you've ever been on a boat and a squall has come through, I will never forget about, I guess probably about 10 years ago, um, being, uh, when I lived in Spanish, I was coming across the Gulf, and we got in a squall, and everything in the boat was just falling down. I mean, people who are real boats, boat people, they were scared, and they, you know, the wives are scared, and people are sick, people are throwing up, all these things are going on, and I'm thinking to myself, imagine going through a storm that night, and having Jesus on the boat with you. And all he has to say is, peace, be still. And it's done like that. That's the God that we serve. That's the God, that's the power that he has. That he could stop everything right now. But we're going through this for a reason. 
We're going through this for, to shape us into the person that he wants us to be. You see, so many times, as I said, we would look at 2020 as probably, in our lifetime, the worst year of our lives. And we would say this is probably going to be the worst time ever in the history of mankind. But I'd like to read you something that, actually, I was watching a, a pastor, and I saw this on the internet, and just thought to myself, wow, imagine going being born in 1900. And this is from a, U, a United, American perspective, but think about this. You were born in 1900. On your 14th birthday, World War I starts and ends on your 18th birthday. 22 million people perish in that war. Later in the year, a Spanish flu epidemic comes and hits the planet and runs until you're 20. 50 million people die from it in those two years. Yes, 50 million. On your 29th birthday, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25%. The world GDP drops 27%. That runs until you are 33. The country nearly collapses along with the world economy. When you turn 39, World War II starts. You aren't even over the hill yet. And don't try to catch your breath. On your 41st birthday, the United States is fully pulled into World War II. Between your 39th and 45th birthday, 75 million people perish in that war. Smallpox was an epidemic until you were in your 40s, as it killed 300 million people during your lifetime. At 50, the Korean War starts, 5 million people perish. From your birth until you're 55, you dealt with the fear of polio epidemics each summer. You experience friends and family contracting polio and being paralyzed or even dying. At 55, the Vietnam War begins and doesn't end for 20 years. Four million people perish in that conflict. During the Cold War, you lived each day with the fear of the nuclear annihilation. On your 62nd birthday, you have the Cuban Missile Crisis, a tipping point in the Cold War. Life on our planet as we know it almost ended. When you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. All of that in your lifetime if you were born in the 1900s. Now I look at that and I say, to me, we're not facing those type of problems. And I'm sure, like I said, the 1900s, they were saying the same exact thing. The Lord has to come back. And we would love him to come back so we could get out of all this but the reality is that God has us here for a reason. And us as a church, as believers, as we think of the peace and the power that he has, he has given us an opportunity to be a part of his story. And the question for us is, what are we doing with that? What are we doing with the power that he has given us in the Holy Spirit to reach a lost world that is looking for answers? It's easy to say, you know what? The world's coming to an end. I'm going to sit up in my house and I'm going to do what I want to do. But the reality is, is that God wants us to go out there and preach the gospel, to be a light that shines bright for him. Which brings us to the last point, God's purpose. Verse 10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. <clears throat> Excuse me. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. 
God's purpose is always to bring him glory. Not for us to understand, but for his glory to be seen. I know that we have all been affected in many different ways during the whole lockdown. But one thing I could say for my life was this verse became a reality for me. To be still and know that I am God. When you're locked down and you can't go anywhere, just be still. And a reminder to me that how we get so caught up in everything else in this world that we forget the simple thing to just be still and know that he is God. It gave me an opportunity to spend time in his word and to study more without all the other distractions. We need to remember this. Because we just need sometimes just to be quiet. Just be still and know that I am God. Because that is so key for us. Because as we go through these times and the distractions come, we need to just separate ourselves from everything. Find a place to spend time with God. Know that he is God. He is the sovereign God that's in control of all things. So how do we respond when life is uncertain? We stop. We become still. And we pray. We ask for help. And we remember that he is God and we are not. And we trust him to be our mighty fortress. And to bring new mercies. And to work his power on our behalf. Whatever it takes. We remember that he is God and that he is enough. And then we ask him for help to trust him more through the uncertainty and pain. And to give us more of himself in the uncertainty and pain that we're going through. We need him more than ever. And I ask us as a church, what are we doing? Are we, be, are we still and know that he is God? Are we focused on him? In your individual life, are you spending time with him? Or are you so caught up on the circumstances, so caught up on the newspaper and the news, that you just allow yourself to get so worried and lose sight of the God that is sovereign who's in control? Charles Spurgeon, in the Treasury of David, wrote this. And I'm going to close with it. Psalm 46 inspired the great reformer Martin Luther to write to him, A mighty fortress is our God. Luther faced numerous dangers and threats on his life from the Pope and his forces. At one point, he spent 11 months in hiding in Wartburg Castle. In the face of opposition, excommunication, and pressure from every side to back down, he stood firmly for the truth of salvation by grace through faith alone. When he had occasion to fear or grow discouraged, he would say to his friend, co-worker Philip, Come, Philip, let us sing the 46th Psalm. And they would lift their voices, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Luther wrote, We sing the psalm to the praise of God because God is with us and prayerfully and miraculously preserves and defends his church and his word against all fanatical spirits, against the gates of hell, against the implicable hatred of the devil and against all the assaults of the world, the flesh and sin. So I ask us as a church this morning, where can we find true peace? And the only peace and the only true peace we can find is in God, our mighty fortress is our God. Let us sing this song as a prayer or let us just meditate on these words as our prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you are our mighty fortress. 
our ever-present help in time of need, that we can trust in you. And we know that your plans are greater than our plans. And Father, as the chaos around us, we can find hope and strength in you. And we just thank you. And we pray as we sing this song that this would be our prayer and that we would always run to you. In Jesus' name, amen.